Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
good morning. Whoa. Good morning. And if you're not awake now, now you are. It is good to see you this morning. Glad that you're here. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, we're glad to have you as well. Uh, several announcements that we want to make and then, of course, uh, open up our worship with a time of prayer. Uh, there's pictures with Santa. That's uh, coming up. That's going to be November the 30th, that's going to be from 5 to 7 p.m., but you do need to schedule a seating time with Megan, so uh, just see Megan or, or Brian and I, we'll kind of get you uh, set up so that uh, you'll have a time in which we won't all be on top of each other trying to get pictures made, but uh, we're looking forward to that night. Also, youth, ski trip is uh, on the calendar for February the 12th through the 15th. The cost is 300 bucks. Uh, space is limited, so you need to sign up uh, quickly. Any questions on any of that, you can just ask Brian later. He, he'll get that answered for you. And then we do have a couple of important things coming up uh, at the 1st of December. Uh, December the 6th, we're going to be having our Lord's Supper service. And we've got a little basket that's got some Lord's Supper uh, uh, material, uh, the, the cup and the, and the wafer that's self-contained. Uh, out here if you want to get one in case you're not here that Sunday or if you know of someone that uh, can't be here that's going to be online wants to participate you can get uh, some for them we've got plenty of those uh, if you're at home and you need one let us know text call email let us know we'll mail you one get you one come bring you one but on uh, December the 6th we're going to have the Lord's Supper together and and uh, hopefully uh, uh, we can get everybody the uh, material for that that they might would need. Now, if you're at home or whatever and you want to use your own juice and crackers, that, that's fine, okay? So don't, uh, don't think you've got to use what we're using, but uh, we do have that available. Then also on December the 6th, after the worship service, deacons, you're going to have your regular monthly uh, meeting. We'll do that. And then on December the 9th, that Wednesday, we'll have a business meeting. After the worship service, after we do our online worship uh, on Wednesday night, we will uh, have our business meeting. And it's uh, important to note that that is going to be when we present the 2021 budget. The Finance Committee is working on that. They'll present the budget. Uh, there will be a time to make any amendments or changes that night during that part of the business meeting. And then the following Sunday, of course, we will uh, vote yes or no on the budget uh, at the conclusion of the service. So I'll just make note of that. I want to say that uh, we continue to lift up uh, Tony Galden. Tony hasn't been able to be here the last couple of weeks because uh, he's had COVID, and, uh, but he's doing all right. He's on the men, and, and hopefully next week, uh, he'll be able to be back. Appreciate Ben playing in Tony's spot. And if you don't recognize the fellow on my left over here, that's Byron. Uh, he's been visiting with us for some time, but I've known Byron since he's been a little bitty fella. Used to babysit him uh, uh, when he was a little kid. Him and his brother went to First Baptist Jackson with him. And, and Byron's a, a nurse administrator out here at the Bell's uh, Nursing Home. Yes. And uh, anyway, uh, I saw on fa uh, Facebook where he plays a little bit. And I told Brian, I said, hey, Man, yell at him. I said, we, we love our musicians around here. And so he volunteered to come help us out this morning. And so appreciate uh, Byron doing that. And then all of our musicians, uh, we always love you guys, except for the one behind me. Uh, but uh, we'll leave it alone. Uh, so did I get all the announcements? Any, anything that I missed? 
Uh, today is harvest offering. Uh, we are, uh, all of the uh, harvest offering that comes in today, uh, we're applying that towards the piano. Uh, the cost to refurbish the piano is 9,000 and uh, 9,500. And what day are they picking it up on? First week of December. So we got one more week to enjoy the piano and then it'd be gone for about four months. So uh, enjoy Derek uh, on the piano. Uh, but the next time we get it back, it'll sound so good. Y'all go, man, Derek is just awesome. You know, you're like, what happened? I mean, he just all of a sudden got better. All right, all right. <laughs> it's the beard, right? <laughs> all right. A couple of prayer concerns this morning. Uh, and we do open up the service today. Uh, remembering Miss Elizabeth Edwards and her family. Miss Elizabeth Edwards passed away uh, early this morning. I think about four o'clock or so. Carter had texted me to let me know that she had uh, slipped on into glory. She had been battling cancer, uh, pretty aggressive cancer, and uh, she has been in good spirits. And uh, she was a, a brave uh, person in terms of uh, just uh, facing it and, and did it with such uh, a gracious beauty. So. Remember the uh, Edwards family. Also, Tony Scallion's got uh, rotator, rotator cuff surgery tomorrow, and then, then Miss Lois Bartles has surgery on Tuesday. Let's uh, not forget to pray for them this morning together. So let's open up, have a word of prayer, and we continue worshiping together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for all that you do for us, for sending your Son and our Savior Jesus to die for us. On this Sunday before Thanksgiving, we just want to express from the very depth of our heart all the gratitude that, that we have for all that you, that you have done, are doing, and continue to do for us. Lord, this morning we do pray for the Edwards family. We certainly will miss Miss Elizabeth. She is uh, a treasure of our church family. She represented Lord just that long tradition and history of our church she has been our longest tenured men, member here uh, at church and and Lord we know that she loved the church and she loved you and Lord we're thankful that she's not suffering or hurting and, and she's on there in glory now and and she's uh, with you Jesus we pray for the family help them as they go through these uh, times together and do the things necessary let them know that we love them and we're thinking about them. We pray for Tony, uh, his uh, recovery. We pray for Tony Scallion and her surgery Monday and Miss Lois at her surgery on Tuesday. And Lord, today for the harvest offering, all that's coming in, all that has come in will continue to come in. Lord, we just pray that it's uh, our gift back to you in gratitude of all the blessings of life. And Lord, we take that offering and, and honor Miss Clovis uh, and all the years that she has uh, given to our church as well. And we thank you for people like her who love you and take the talents that they've got uh, and, and serve you, Lord. We, we're thankful for our musicians here because they certainly help us in our worship and draw us closer to your throne of grace. All these things this morning, Jesus, we give you and lift up to you in your precious and mighty name. Amen. Won't you stand with us as we continue to worship together? From the 
Throughout time, men and women have tried to capture the essence of God, tried to describe Him, and there, there's really no words we can use to describe the fullness of God and all the things that He's done. As that verse, as that song, and as the Word of God tells us, uh, He created the stars. He knows them by name. He knows every head, every hair on our head, or lack thereof, that is there. Uh, there's nothing we can use to describe how great our God is. and trim. 
and all will see how great, how great is our God. Amen. The last book of the Bible tells us the, the story of the revelation of our Lord and King and how we long for that day.
seated. Oh, my. 
Father God, we thank you that there is always a reason to give praise to you. Uh, you tell us to, to bring all of our anxieties, all of our pressures in life, and just to lay them at your feet, to cast them upon you because you care for us. And Lord, you tell us when we do that, that uh, we will get a peace that passes all understanding, that, that this world will never be able to understand, will never be able to describe, will never be able to get. It only comes from, from you, Lord, to those who have accepted you as their Lord and their Savior, and that your Holy Spirit has, has been given to as a comforter, as, a, as a, uh, a guider. And we just thank you for that privilege that we have to be called your sons and daughters, Lord, and uh, to be able to say that one day we will see you face to face. We'll be with you for all eternity. And how we long for that day, Lord, that there'll be no more sickness, no more death, no more separation from loved ones that have gone on before us, and no more separation from you, Lord. And we want to tell you again, we love you. We thank you for loving us and dying for us. We ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Take your Bible this morning and open to Ephesians chapter 5. That will be uh, where we're going to be at this morning. And our little guys can make their way to Children's Church with Megan. First and second graders can go as well. All right. Didn't know you were in that uh, grade, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> you'll get out one day just keep working hard <laughs> all right it's it's good to to be with you guys this morning as we gear up for another thanksgiving this coming week i want to think with you uh this morning about thanksgiving and you know today is today's it's, it's both a, a day of blessing and it's also a hard day, kind of a burden day for me. Uh, Eleven years ago on this Sunday, uh, my dad passed away. I never uh, forget uh, that because this Sunday has always been such a big Sunday in the life of our church. And of course, eleven years ago uh, when that happened, we had been to Memphis after the morning service to go see my dad in the hospital. I'd been with him that week and stayed a few nights at the hospital and went down there and uh, the nurses had told us they didn't know when. It could still be a couple of days and Pam decided to stay and with mom and the kids and I came back so that we could be together with the uh, Thanksgiving fellowship meal. And I hadn't gotten back, hadn't been home very long. I, I think I was making macaroni and cheese when Pam called and said, your dad has passed away, he's gone. And of course, then the whole plans for the night had gotten turned upside down. I immediately called Brian and Stephanie, told them I wouldn't be there. We were out at the high school. Uh, that uh, was during this transitional time that was going on. And, and, and so that was my first Thanksgiving uh, fellowship that I was going to miss in, I guess, you know, all those years of being a pastor because we always, always had done it everywhere we've been. And then, of course, uh, in the 10 years or so that I'd been with you. And then we come to the day and here we are again and we're going to miss the Thanksgiving meal, not because of any tragedy in the sense that we've lost someone, but because, well, of COVID. And it's a, it's a burden uh, upon us to think that uh, we won't get to sit down at the dinner table and give thanks together unto the Lord. And then, of course, 
to get a text this morning to, to get a notification from Carter that we lost Miss Elizabeth uh, as well on this day. This day is kind of bittersweet, I guess, because I think about the good times we've had together and then some of the hard times that we've had together. You know, it's easy to be thankful when life is settling along and everything's going good. But what about when those bumps in the road comes, when it gets hard, when life gets tough? And, you know, this has been a, it's been a crazy year. I mean, I, it really has been a year unlike any I've ever known, and, and many of you have said the same thing to me. I want to ask you this question, what if next year was worse? I think most of us talk about next year being better, don't we? And we talk about next year, you know, we may have a vaccine and everything can go back to the way it used to be and, and we won't be shut down. We won't have to maybe wear masks everywhere we go and, you know, and, and, and businesses can thrive and communities can get back to interacting and churches can get back to openly worshiping together. But what if 2021 makes 2020 look like child's play? What if next year's worse? Could you give thanks for what's coming? Well, when we come to Ephesians 5 and verses 15 through 21, I want you to listen to what Paul's talking about to uh, the Christians there at Ephesus. And, and he's telling them uh, how they are to be thankful. And he's going to tell them how to be thankful even in all things. And I want to say to you that as you read this, Understand it, that Paul's saying what he's saying, he's not saying it from, well, this wonderful place of blessing in his own life. He's not saying it from the comfort and from the uh, place of uh, ease in his own home. He's in a prison cell and he's awaiting execution. At any moment, at any time, at any minute, it could be, He's walking to get his head chopped off. That's what is ahead for him. But listen to what he says, beginning in verse 15, Ephesians 5. Look carefully, he says to the Christians there at Ephesus. Look carefully, then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. I don't know about you, that just seems like a commentary on our world today, particularly in 2020. Therefore, he says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. And then listen to what he says giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I want to say to you this morning that I think Paul gives us a very clear word for the tough days in which we find ourselves, the tough times in which we live. And the word is that we can give thanks he gives us some good advice and i want to give that to you uh this morning because you know next year it may be worse than this year it may be harder than this year and these are good words to get through this year 
and even if next year is worse. So let me give you about four things that Paul says. Number one, he gives a careful word about daily living in verses 15 and 16. Look carefully then how you walk. That's your daily walk. That's how you go out and live life. And he says, don't do it in an unwise manner. Not as unwise, but wise, he says. And then he says, make the best use of the time that you have. And he says, because the days are evil. The world in which we live is a world that is filled with dangers. It's a world that's filled with deception. And, and uh, it's a world in which, if we're not careful, can harm us. It's not always easy to live what we might call that enlightened Christian life where, you know, everything's just smooth sailing. At, at a moment's notice, we can find ourselves tripped up, ambushed by life. Ambushed, tripped up by events that we didn't foresee coming or people we didn't expect to hurt us. And so Paul says how you live every day of your life needs to be in a careful manner of wisdom. He says we must be very careful to live out our life daily rooted in wisdom, using our time wisely, not being foolish. The will of the Lord is that we live carefully, matching our lifestyle, listen, to the teachings of Scripture. That word careful is a word that has several different meanings and in, depending on what translation you have you might find one of these listed there it's a word that means mindful it's also a word in its original language that means deliberate in other words paul says don't just drift along through life don't just be carried along by the currents of this world or by the winds of this world as it blows so many people today live by the opinion of the world, the opinions of, uh, of mankind today. And, you know, when you think about it, the opinions uh, of the world, the opinions of society is always changing. I was reading an article, a story about someone who had a certain opinion on uh, something, and at the time that they gave their opinion and talked about it, the article was saying, you know, they were very... Uh, uh, what you would call liberal and very progressive in the statement. But a few years later, people began to attack this uh, individual that I was reading about, this celebrity, over an opinion she had given. And now they were saying, well, she was bigoted. She was out of touch. She was uh, too conservative. And I thought, what happened? How was it that just a few years ago what she had said was so uh, on the edge and so cutting edge in terms of the way that we're to think about the subject that they were dealing with in that article? And yet then a few years later, you know, she was looked at in a totally different light. What had happened? Well, the only thing that had happened is that, well, the opinion of the world had shifted. I want to say something to you and I. That's why it's important we live by the Word of God. Man's opinion changes just about uh, every day with the rising sun. But listen, we worship a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word stands. And long after the opinions of man has died out, 
God's word will still be true. And so Paul says, look, chart your course with God. Fix yourselves with the word of God. Stay true to the compass of God's word and, and be careful how you live your life. And then he goes on to say, because the days in which we live are evil. That word evil is an interesting word translated there in the Greek language. It's the word poneros. Now, it may sound like a word that we know today, pornography. It's where we get that word from. It's part of that. We live in a very pornographic day. One of the great sins of our world today is this kind of pornographic kind of mindset that it has. Uh, things that would have never been allowed to be shown just even at uh, movie theaters today, uh, let alone uh, the, uh, what we would have called the R rating back in the old days, today are right there on the screen for our children to see uh, on networks that used to be family-oriented. Uh, it's becoming increasingly difficult to avoid seeing the, the kind of content of evil that Satan wants to put out today. Uh, it's in the grocery stores. Uh, it's, it's in the stores where we go. It, it, it hits our kids. Uh, it's on their cell phones and their tablets and their computers. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's just an inundation of evil like never before. And it's, it's poisonous. And, and it, it has been prolific in, in growing the, the, the weeds of evil. And Paul says we need to be careful. We need to be careful how we live our daily life. And he says we need to be rooted in the Word of God. That's why last week I was telling you about one of the things that I've challenged myself and to try to do, you know, as this year has come on and then the next year that's coming, to, to take and to start journaling every day in the Bible. To actually start really writing out what God is saying and how he's speaking to me and how he ought to speak to us together. So there's a careful word about daily living. A second thing that Paul says by way of advice is a cautious word about foolish living. Now the choice is yours. You can live wisely or you can live foolishly. But if you want to live foolishly, listen to what Paul says. In verses 17 and 18, he says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand the, that the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery. That's just stupidity. That's another way of saying it. But he says, instead be filled with the Spirit. That word foolish means to be devoid, to be absent of sound judgment. And I want to say to you, it, it is surely the height of foolishness to have in your hand the copy of God's blessed word to know that the word of God has been breathed by the omniscient, all-knowing, all-wise, uh, all-powerful God and sovereign of this world to know that we've been given his sure word and yet then we neglect it, we don't study it, and in the end we don't obey it. You know, one theologian said the angels must look upon our foolishness with astonishment to think how foolish are they to have the word of God and yet not know it, learn it, apply it, 
and live it. You know, I bet you, uh, I bet you're, you're not that way in other areas. Think about it. Think about it. You know, the, the years we spend going to, to college and high school and, and to trade school to, to learn a craft or to learn about a subject. We study medicine and physics and chemistry and business management and engineering and, and, and all kinds of stuff. We study to get ahead. We study to learn. We study to grow. We study to be ready. But yet, we neglect the Word of God. And, and I, I bet you are, are pretty good with your money as far as making sure that it's invested right, that it's in a safe place, that it's going to draw some sort of interest, you know, that, you know, that it's not going to be uh, lost or squandered. You, you probably do a pretty good job there. You spend time keeping up with your checkbook and your purse. But yet we neglect the Word of God. We buy books on how to diet, how to eat, how to cook, how to raise our children. We read them. We, 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 you know, one of the biggest sections in the bookstores is what they call what? The self-help section. I mean, they've got books for dummies on all sorts of subjects. I was in the bookstore not too long ago, and they had a, uh, a, book, a book for dummies on dummies. I thought, really? It was a book all about handling dummies in your life. So I bought one, and I read about Brian. No, I'm just messing with you. But, I mean, the thing is, we read all kind of self-helps, but yet we neglect the Word of God. Let me tell you, everyone here, everyone listening, God has a will for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And the only way that you can find it, and the only way that you can know you have found it, and the only way you can be faithful to live it is in and through the Word of God. What we do on Sundays and what we do when we come together in our class times is it, it's not just it's just not filling dead time in our life you know we don't come together just because well Sunday's just a day we don't do very much no we come today dear friend on Sundays because Sunday is the most important day of the week it's when we look to God and we say God what is your plan for my life what is it that you want me to do? And how can I go out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and live in a way that's pleasing to you? Let me give you something I came across this week that was pretty good. Tips to knowing the will of God in your life. Let me give them to you real quickly. There are four things. You need to ask yourself, and it's number one, is it, is it scriptural? I've had people sometimes tell me, God's calling on me to do something. I know it's God calling me to do something. They'll tell me about something, and I go, well, how do you know that's God telling you to do it? And they begin to kind of share with me, and I say, well, but you understand what you're telling me doesn't go with God's Word. Dear friend, God will never call you to do something that His Word does not say we're to do. God's not going to call you, for example, into some sin or to do something that His Word says specifically is sin. Is it scriptural? Number two, is it sensible? I mean, does it make sense? God is not a God of foolishness. God's not going to ask you to do something that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, I'm not saying that God may not call on you to do something that puts your faith to the test or may stretch you in terms of your faith. But, you know, God is not going to ask you to do something 
that just doesn't make good sense. That's why I don't handle snakes. And there are some churches that handle snakes. Don't make good sense to me. I'm not going to do it. Not going to happen. It, are you surrendered? Will it, will it require you to be surrendered to the Lord? God, again, is not going to ask you to do something that you can do in your own power, in your own strength, that you can do in your own wisdom and in your own might for your own glory. God only calls us to do things that, that we're willing to surrender to him, that he gets the glory, that we do in his might, in his power, in his wisdom, in his strength. And then finally, is it spirit-filled? Is the Holy Spirit an active agent in what God is calling you to do? So if it's scriptural, if it's sensible, if it's surrendered, and if it's spirit-filled, then, dear friend, it's a good thing, good bet, that it is the will of God in your life. And spirit-filled brings us to the next thing that Paul tells us. Not only a careful word and a cautious word, but a cherished word about being a spirit-filled living Christian. Verse 18 and 19. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. I love that. I love that verse, verse 19 particularly. If you want to know what worship is, what we're to do when we come together in worship, there it is. I mean, that, that's the bulletin in the New Testament. We come together in psalms. What is that? We speak the, the hymns and songs that we sing about God to, uh, to each other, spiritual songs, singing together, making melody uh, unto the Lord together with our heart. That's worship right there. But before we could do that, he says what? Be spirit-filled. Now, I'm going to make a, a, a connection here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't dare make this connection if the Holy Spirit had not already dared to make that parallel connection. I, I wouldn't have done it. I don't think I would have done it. But the Spirit himself, through Paul, says that we are to be filled with the Spirit and, and not drunk with wine. And so there's connection there between being filled with the Spirit and being drunk with wine. And there is a comparison parallel going on. So what's the lesson there? What, what do we need to see? Well, first of all, a person who gets drunk has chosen to do so. All right? That means a person who's filled with the Spirit has been, who, who, who is filled with the Spirit has chosen to be filled with the Spirit. It's, a, it's a, a volitional decision that's been made. A person who gets drunk becomes controlled by that drink. A person who's filled with the Spirit is controlled by the Spirit. Third, a person who gets drunk takes on a new personality. And I would say a person who's filled with the Spirit takes on a whole new nature also. It's kind of a reverse illustration, isn't it? He says, be filled with the Spirit, don't be a drunkard. But he's really playing off of that imagery that we know about. You know, a drunkard who, uh, you know, chose to get drunk, who is uncontrolled, who's out of control because drink has taken over and has taken on a whole new personality. That's our image. 
But if you take that and you apply it to the positive of the Spirit filling our life, it makes the same application in terms of what Paul is saying. We willingly do it. We surrender control to the Spirit. And he changes us into something beautiful. There's a fourth and there's a last thing. We're to be careful, be cautious. We are to have that cherished uh, desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then finally, Paul gives us a a cheerful word about what I want to call thanks living. Verses 20 and 21. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, These words have been often misappropriated in an attempt to be very literal with the Scripture. Some have done great harm, I think, to others because of these words in taking them out of context. They'll say, for example, uh, we're to give thanks for everything, and they interpret that in some way of of we're to be thankful for anything that comes our way without referring uh, or referencing God's character and God's desire in our life. Uh, that's false reasoning to say for everything. Uh, some would call it unconditional praise, and they would say that's the key to spiritual uh, victory. Listen. We don't praise God and give thanks to God when uh, our, our spouse cheats, cheats on us and has an affair. That doesn't meet with God's word. That's not God's will. We don't give thanks for that. We don't give thanks to God when our child falls into uh, drug abuse and alcoholism. Their marriage breaks up. We don't give thanks to God for that. God's not behind that. We, we don't give thanks to God when someone has... Uh, been raped or uh, they've died in some kind of horrible death or we hear about some church that's split there are things that don't measure with God there are things that don't fit with God and, and they're not in the character of God so, so when I say give thanks for everything not everything fits with God, but that's not what Paul's talking about. What Paul is saying that in everything, we can praise God for being God in the midst of adversity. And we can praise God for his ability to bring good out of evil. I, I don't know that 2020 was really what God wanted for us. I certainly believe that God knew it was coming. And we live in a broken world and bad things happen to good people and and, and, and sometimes pandemics happen. We're not, we're not the first in, in, in history to have gone through a, a pandemic. But what I do know is that the same God that was a wonderful God in 2019 is still a wonderful God in 2020. And if it does get worse in 2021, he's still the same good God. And in the midst of bad things, in the midst of evil... God can still bring good out of bad. The great Christian of old, John Stott, said this, that is praising God for being God. It's not praising him for evil. God hates evil, and we cannot praise or thank him for what he finds an abomination. Listen, the fullness of the Spirit 
calls us to a radical spirit of gratitude. When we're full of the Spirit and we're going through hard times and the world looks at us and says to us, as it said to Job, curse God. The Spirit says no. For God is good. And even in difficult days, God is still loving. And God is kind. And God is consistent. Think about that word. He's consistent in his goodness. God is not better in some years and worse in others. You know, God doesn't fall asleep, nod off, and wake back up and say, oh, okay, i got to go down there and fix some stuff. No, God is consistent in his goodness, in his grace. Do you know the word gratitude is also the word that we get, or it comes from the root word grace. Another way of thinking about it is this. As we experience the grace of God daily, we return to God grace for grace, back towards God in the form of gratitude. How do we return grace for grace? How do we return gratitude back to God in his grace? Two ways, verses 20 and 21 tell us. One, in our hearts. When we come together in, in, in a moment like we were this, this morning together, and we sing, we worship God, we praise Him and worship Him and give thanksgiving with our heart. We, we've stopped our busy schedule. We've put everything on pause. We've put everything on hold. And we look up to the heavens and we say, God, you are there. Not only are you there, you are here. And God, I thank you. Even though my life may be dark and in pain, and oppressed in some way. You are good because you are a good God. But we not only return grace for grace in our hearts, but we do it with our hands. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Folks, that's just old-fashioned service. Doing good to other people as Christ has done good to us. I want to say to you this morning as we close the message that ingratitude is a sin just as surely as lying and stealing and murder and rape and you just fill in the blank with whatever else might be a horrible sin. The sin of ingratitude is right up there with them, if not the, the, the worst of sin. To be ungrateful to God. This sermon came together Tuesday this was pretty much my passage that morning in Ephesians in my own personal journal uh, devotional time. And uh, I, was, I was really excited and I was really thankful because God had spoken that morning. And, and I already knew, I wrote up in my, in, in my journal, this is Sunday's sermon. I mean, it's the Thanksgiving message. You know, and, and I was thanking the Lord for that. And I had gotten all the way down the, to the conclusion. And... I said, Lord, how do I bring this home? How can I make this real? How can I make it seen? And I was stuck. And, and I was sitting there and I was listening to music and looking at illustrations, trying to come up with an idea, Googling stuff. And the phone rang. And it was Carter Edwards. He said, Pastor, how you doing? 
we talked for a moment. He said, I want to let you know mom is not doing well. We didn't think she would make it through the night. But she's doing better this morning. And she'd like you to come out and pray with us. I said, absolutely. I, I didn't know that she had gotten so bad. You know, it wasn't but just a few weeks ago before we shut down, she was here. I, I was thinking when she was here a few weeks ago how strong she looked, how good she looked, because I, I had known we'd visited with her a couple of months earlier, and, uh, you know, the doctor had said it, it, it wouldn't be long. But, and, and she came, and I was really surprised. She told me Tuesday when we were talking about it, she said, you won't believe how long it took me to get ready to come to church that morning. She said, to get enough strength to get ready. She said, it literally was three or four hours to get there. She said, but I wanted to come. She said, I knew it might be my last time to get there. And, we, and I was glad we recognized her that morning as being, of course, she, she said, the oldest member. I said, no, I said, longest tenured member. She laughed. She said, I, I guess I am. She said, I, I've been in that church since I was in the nursery. And, and, and Miss Alyssa, she didn't mind you knowing how old she was. She was 81 years. That's 81 years in this church as a, as a member of the family of God. If you didn't get to know Miss Elizabeth, didn't know Miss Elizabeth, she was a tremendous woman. She really was. She lost her, her daughter in a horrible cra crash. I mean, something that no parent would want to go through. She lost her husband earlier in life. Something no spouse would want to go through. We sat out there one afternoon, Brian and I did talking with her. She shared her life story with us, and she talked, talked about, you know, life had been really good, but life had also been really tough. And, and I won't forget something that she said. She said, God has been better to me than I deserve. He has been so good to me, and I am so very thankful to God. For loving me. After I got off the phone with Carter, I, I wrote in my journal, well, there's the conclusion. The conclusion of the sermon is a Christian like Elizabeth Edwards. Who lived truly a life of gratitude. At some point this week, there will be a funeral service. Carter's already asked that I stand there and speak. And I told Elizabeth this Tuesday, I said, you are my conclusion for the message. I want you to know you gave us a wonderful example of being thankful every day for the blessings of God. She said, thank you, Pastor, for saying it means a lot. I hope that I have been. And I said, you have. Someone's going to stand and speak words for you. It may be me. It may be another pastor. It may be a member of your family. But someone at some point will speak for you someday when it's your day. Will they be able to say about you what I know confidently I can say, and no one would argue about Elizabeth. She was filled with gratitude to God.
She lived it out in loving her church and loving her Savior. You see, I'm not just saying, hey, you and I have got to measure up to Paul. I, I agree with you. Paul's a pretty, pretty hard comparison, isn't he? Paul's a pretty hard character to say we're going to try to live up to his example. After all, he was an apostle. But what I'm telling you this morning can be done because we see it. And we've got folks here this morning that are, are wonderful examples of what we're talking about in Ephesians. People who live thankful every day unto God. I want to ask you this morning, are you thankful to God? Is it seen out every day in the way that you live? Are you filled with the Spirit? Surrendered to Him. Heavenly Father, this morning, our prayer is that when people look at our life, the testimony is that we have a heart full of praise, a heart that is thankful, Jesus, to, to you for all the things that you've done, that people can say, oh, they were filled with gratitude. But Lord, not only just in our heart, but in our hands, is it measured out in the things that we do? Do we, do we serve one another? Lord, everyone here today has a gift or ability or a talent. Lord, you know, I've always wanted to have a musical talent. That's not my gift. That's not my ability. But Lord, the things that you have given me, I pray that I have given those back to you. We all have something that we can do. And, and there's no little thing in the kingdom of God. There's no little work in the kingdom of God. Lord, it, it may be that we have the, the gift of just talking on the phone and giving encouragement to people who are lonely. The gift of writing a letter, sending a card, baking some cookies. The gift to cut the grass and trim the hedges and wash a car and paint a house for someone who needs a touch of your grace. Thanksgiving just isn't how we feel on the inside, but it's it, what comes pouring out of us. And Lord, our prayer this morning is that we are your children, filled with your grace, and we're returning grace unto grace for your goodness and your kindness you've given to us. That's our prayer as we come to this time of Thanksgiving. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. The Lord has spoken this morning to you. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do, if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you, and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.